Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to To Tell in Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. Classes on campus in the state of Montana. The Badlands Bowl, not happening. But baseball... Might be. Let's talk about all of it. It is Tutelan Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, and across the state on SWX Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Thanks so much for being here. You wake up this morning if you're certainly in western Montana, and it is just gray and drab and rainy, and you go, well, do I really want to get out of bed? But you know what? You did, and good for you. And now here you are almost to your weekend. So I hope that you are well. Thanks for letting us be on board with you on this uh, fine afternoon. Afternoon as we headed to uh, uh, what is this the second weekend in May, third weekend in May, whatever it is, I, I, I lost track. You know, it all just flows together. Uh, let's talk about a couple of things here. First of all, what do we got in the show? A couple of things we're going to talk about uh, uh, some offensive like, linemen in general in the state of Montana and the glut of them that there used to be and the dearth of them that there seems to be now and if that's if that's real or just perceived or what the maybe cause and effect of that is well we're going to get into that a little bit especially when we talk about going from the high school level up to the college level specifically at montana montana state but we do have a little bit of breaking news that i think is significant regarding the return to classes on campus at montana montana state which we'll get into here in a moment we will talk a couple of high school things uh uh, a couple more cancellations that are official in terms of some of the all-star games, football, basketball, et cetera, uh, in, uh, in the state or intrastate stuff. So we'll get into that. Uh, and we will also, 
We're going to play a little blindside. I, I, I don't know why we haven't done this more. This is one of my favorite things that we do around here. Coulter will have a question or two. I got a couple of questions that neither of us knows what the other one's going to say, which, by the way, isn't that different from just the show. I understand that. But usually we talk topically about what it is we're going to go through together. Maybe I know it seems shocking, but we actually maybe do a little research before we get on the radio machine. But today... We're going to have a little bit of fun and uh, and just ask a couple questions of each other that are open-ended and have, I think, some good conversations. So we'll get into uh, all of that uh, throughout the course of the show today. So there you go. That is the uh, show outlook. If you would like to call, you certainly can. 361-3688. The phone number. All guests join us via the Raggage Brothers RV phone line. And if you would like to uh, go ahead and listen live on the World Wide Web, you can do that anywhere you are, anytime you are at 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available all the time. And it is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Now, before we go a step farther here, it's a Friday. So you know what we like to do around here is drink a little Joseph on a Friday afternoon. It is time for our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. And uh, Coulter, you got your standard iced coffee, a little bit of cream, uh, or iced iced Americano, I guess, maybe a little bit of cream. You got it. I have stepped outside of uh, my norm today, and I'm very happy that I did. You know, some t- you know, you get into a thing, you like it, you order the same thing at the shop every time that you go, and you're like, you know, you, you know, it's going to be good. But you know, if you like one thing at a place, chances are you're going to like other things that they do. You know, it's probably pretty good. I got a Lotus. You ever heard of a Lotus? No. It is. It is a plant-based energy drink. So one of the reasons that I don't want to not drink coffee is because I don't want to not drink caffeine. You know what I mean? I want to get, well, wired. You know, I want to be fired up for the day, whatever. Well, this this Lotus here is like, it's sort of like an Italian soda. It's got like the, it's carbonated. It's got the, that, that sort of deal to it. But it's made from like green coffee bean extract yeah and there's like vitamin b12 they're all non-gmo ingredients they're all organic you could do the thing where you get it with cream and whipped cream if you want i have chosen to go uh you know whatever just the essentials in here but this is great you know you're you're a little worried they have like different there's like berry flavors right this is raspberry you know, you don't want to go to the bar and order a strawberry daiquiri because you're worried about perception. But we all know, like, at the end of the day, if if that's what we want to drink because they're delicious, you know? This right here, I'm telling you, this is like, so where it's at, this huh? is a game changer. How's, I mean, I love my the, coffee. How's the caffeine? Well, Strong? do you hear the higher octave in my voice? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a just a, a, an outstanding. So anyway, they have them now. They're very popular amongst the kids, I'm told. But uh, the uh, the Lotus drinks at the uh, Florence Coffee Company, outstanding. I'm very happy that I uh, chose to get one of those today. So there you go. Broadening head, horizons. Good head, to uh, head to the Florence Coffee Company. Look, it's Friday. It's been a little rainy today, a little chilly, a little cold. You need an energy boost. Go to the Florence Coffee Company right now. Get your Friday afternoon started right. Get your weekend started right. Okay. Uh, Coulter, we had a couple things to talk about, but some breaking news or information that is uh, specifically about academics, but will be impactful for a variety of reasons, which I think will be obvious. But tell the people uh, what what has just sort of uh, been sent out to the uh, two university of Montana, Montana State. Well, I actually I haven't been able to confirm on the Montana side of things. I imagine because it's regulated by the Board of Regents that it's going to be a similar, if not identical, procedure. But... As of right now, all the confirmation is coming from the Montana State side of things. But right now, Montana State sent out an email to both faculty and students 
that MSU will have on-campus classes beginning on August 17th and concluding on November 25th. Spring semester will not start until the 11th of January. So you're talking about a really long winter break. But I think the strategy here is is twofold. So, there, But that sounds like a very early start, right? I mean, it's a very early start. Then this is why they're doing it early, because they want it to okay. end early as well, because research shows that COVID-19 does not fare well whatsoever in temperatures above 60 degrees. It dies almost instantly. So well, the, you're going to be fine. The then. more, oh, yeah, I've, I've been fine. <laughs> Walking the, around the, at a, a cool 120 yeah, all the, the uh, time. The uh, the thought though here is to have more of the semester when weather is nice on mm. the campus, mm. but then also so often kids leave for Thanksgiving and then come back, and then leave again for Christmas, and then come back. Now you're elongating the time that they're home. So you leave for Thanksgiving, and, and, you're, gone and you're gone until mid-January. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very interesting. And, and I we, imagine, we, I mean, we I imagine this will be the same case. But by the way, this was not a transmission that was sent. Like This is not, this is not a press release or something no, like this. This. Is, this was an email sent to staff and faculty at Montana State, and, and by... Uh, uh, you know, relation, like you said, within the same board of regents, the assumption is that that will be the same at the University of Montana. I don't know that it it would have to be. I mean, I, I would think that Seth Bodner could make some sort of decision, but you would think that there would be but a the, relationship I mean, the there, board right? of regents and, and specifically the commissioner of higher education has tied the two schools together for better or worse mm. on literally everything. Yeah. And so... I mean, this is an impact in athletics. You know, once upon a time, there was thoughts of maybe moving out of the Big Sky Conference into a different league, particularly from the Montana perspective. Yeah. And that didn't happen because the board region said, if it's if it's one, it's both of you. Yeah. As we know, it's two university systems, the Montana State University System. So this is an announcement that's not just for MSU Bozeman, but also Montana State Billings, Montana State Northern. Mm. But then there's still a pending announcement for Montana Tech, Montana Western, and the University of Montana. Right. But I imagine that it will be the same. Something similar. So let's talk about this uh, for, for a couple different reasons. Now, this bodes really well for college football. It, it certainly For does. Montana. For the state for of the Montana. For the state of Montana. Yes, right. And that's obviously like, you know, we're so far off and maybe maybe not even just far off, maybe very unlikely for, say, a Sacramento state or, or whatever it might be. But for the state of Montana, it bodes very well. And we're in this interesting spot right now, culture where – Montana, as we know, uh, has has fared very, very well, it, relatively speaking. Especially and Western Montana. There's a lot of reasons, you know, why why that that would be the case. Some of them, I think, are are actions that were taken, and a lot of it is just in in virtue of the way you know the rural nature of our state and all that. So we get all that, and that is is a huge advantage and it makes sense to me that you know that that you would do this i think that there is reason again to be cautiously optimistic and to go forward this with this i continue to be uh how i continue to be very very cognizant particularly of folks that are at risk for this stuff you know people who are sick who are not in you know good good health with their lungs or whatever the case might be and you know this is I could see where this could be very, very disconcerting news for for uh, a, a number, a lot of people sure. to hear something like this. I, from my chair, I think it, that it's 
I think everybody understands we want to get back to school, get back to sports and that kind of thing. Whether we should or not is is maybe the crux of the question. To me, I, I think this is a good move. I like this move based on the things that I am aware of and while also continuing, especially with the groups, the populations that, that we have that are at risk, taking great care of those, uh, you know, of those individuals and great care around them, you know, and that's everybody's responsibility to do that, not just theirs, all of ours, but also... You know, when you think of the whole, the total number of, you know, a million people in the state of Montana, this feels like the right decision and justified to me. And also, as you said, the upshot potentially when you think about football is is significant and good. The irony of this is that if University of Montana does follow suit here and do say I have a similar announcement to Montana State, this could be a great launching point towards fixing the enrollment problem. Because if you're one of the only on one of the only universities in the Northwest that has on-campus classes in a city like Missoula, which right now you could argue is is in the best shape of any city over a population of seventy-five thousand people in the country. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, zero cases for three days. That's astounding, considering what's going on, even in pretty places, pretty relatively close to where we live. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a testament to the people of Missoula, certainly, but also. And this is where it's it's kind of it gets hairy, right? Because you do have a chance to capitalize on this. You can recruit out of state students and maybe boost your out of state enrollment. Now this the, now you have a true selling point beyond just Missoula's sweet. University of Montana's great. You can say, come come have on campus college experience at a great liberal arts school and be safe. Mm-hmm. It's a great marketing tool. Mm-hmm. That said, though, do we really want to be recruiting thousands and thousands of students from out of state? I don't know. But I think that we could cross a bridge by August where maybe there is a little bit of regulation. I mean, just testing vaccinations, all this stuff could help us so much right. in that avenue. But if, you do, I mean, if you're bringing non-infected people to Montana, it could be a thing that could really help the University of Montana. No doubt. And, and you know, I don't even know how much you have to market it. Like, if you are – if you're in – I, 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 it seems to me, if you were in New York City, you're looking for any good reason and way to go, I am going somewhere else on, for now. Like, I, I can't sit in this apartment for a day more. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. This, it is so bizarre because we're so removed from, from the, the big city life. But I lived in, in urban downtown Pioneer Square, Seattle, in an apartment building a, a high-rise complex type of scenario. I, I don't know how you do it if that's like this is where you're going to be now. And there's right. like you can they, – they, the, they close the beaches. They close the rivers. You can go outside, which you would certainly obviously have to do, but nothing's open, you, you know, except for, you know, may, maybe the grocery stores and that kind of thing. But, like, that's it. Like, it's not even like you have an option to go do something else. And now you're just in and on top of each other, like, walking around in your apartment building. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how the millions of people who live, you know, who comprise now over 50% of our country's population that are in urban centers right. have have managed this, you know? And I, I think that's... The, and I think that, like you said, right or wrong, like, that could be a huge boost to... Uh, to you know, out of state enrollment for that reason, and and it's a don't want to, don't want to politicize this too much, but there's a we there's we've talked so uh, 
the narrative around America right now is how divided America is. And I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. We could go into the psychology and the identity politics and all that, but we don't need to. I think one of the most undertold reasons why there's a divide in America is that, like you just said, more than 50% of Americans live in one of 32 population centers. Right. More than half the country lives in only 32 places. Right. Then there's thousands of other places that are very oh, distant. Tens of thousands. Tens of yeah, thousands. Yeah. But, I mean, even just like 10,000-person cities or towns. You know, you know, you live in Washington. Washington has Seattle, Spokane, and then 200 Ten to twenty thousand person mm-hmm. towns. They're just everywhere. Yeah, and yeah, and Washington's very unique that it has you know that sort of bisection of the of the you know the the Cascade Mountain Range uh, there that has all the population over on the west, and then this you know very what we would say sort of normally rural segment from about the middle heading uh, heading. What did I say on the west? In the in yeah, in the west, and, and then the middle heading east in the state. Uh, not many states are sort of set up like that, certainly, but it's it is it's it's a whole different experience. And people who've never lived in a rural setting before, like they they I don't think have uh, it's very hard to comprehend what life is like. And I mean, there's a lot of I mean, look, we're in we're in Missoula. You're in Missoula, you're in Bozeman or whatever. There's plenty of people in this state who believe you do not live in a rural setting if you're living in in Missouri. And, and there's good reason to think that. I mean, this is certainly urban for by montana standards but i guess what it ain't urban by united states standards like that is for sure and you know for for folks who have been in the rural populations that have never lived in a big city and would never want to believe me i'm with you i understand what that would be like but also it's a different life it's a different mindset you know for for a whole bunch of different ways and some of it is great and some of it is not and I imagine the converse to be true for people who've never lived in a, in a, in a you know, in a rural setting, certainly <coughs> as well. Stu telling one is one or two nine ESPN radio. From the sports perspective, it's a good thing though, just because we we needed to have on campus classes to have any form of football whatsoever, and this is the first step towards having that. Mm-hmm. That said, I have no idea. Like we've talked about all week, I have no idea what the logistics are like, or the the planning is like, or how it's ever going to happen to get. 13 schools from eight states on the same page and have it be safe. Well, so, but, but this, that, open, that's not going to happen. Right, right. So this opens up the door though, for what we've been talking about all week, the, the re, the rescheduling for Montana and Montana state based on schools of availability. Who, what's the Grizz schedule conference schedule right now? Bring that thing up and let's, let's just talk about this a little bit because like we said before, maybe one of the advantages, which has always been the biggest, I think, gripe for for everybody about the Big Sky Conference, is the complete imbalance of scheduling when it comes to conference football. You are playing eight other teams and not playing four other teams in the conference. So you're playing, basically, you, you are missing out on a full third of the conference every single year, and that is such a... A point of contention as well it should be i mean we were talking about trying to talk about who who's a conference champion and there could be three teams with identical records you know when when it's all said and done but none of them played each other or something like that you know you could have these crazy scenarios and then it's you know the, you know what do you get into the second and third tie break it's like really is that what we're doing here but let's talk about so montana's big sky conference openers yeah. against cal poly where in missoula yeah but yeah. i mean not that it necessarily matters it feels it feels tenuous at this point, okay? Yeah, I mean, it's twofold, right? It's not necessarily just where is it. It's yeah. not Mon- just about Montanans going to California. It's about bringing people in California to Montana as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. 
at Eastern and, Washington. And whether Cal Poly is allowing people to, right. to, to leave, you know? So it's, yeah. At Eastern Washington. Okay. That, that's, you, you think, pretty optimistic, right, about that game, I would, maybe? We'll see. I mean, I mean it's, th- it's, the state of Washington is in a much different situation. And Washington's. They're about a, to have mandatory testing. I mean, Washington's a state, too, where you almost have to govern it in in halves, right? You have to govern the western half and the eastern half completely differently because they're so utterly distinct in relation to this uh, crisis. Okay, so let's, let's, okay, eastern Washington, week two. Sacramento State in Missoula? Eh. Probably not. Yeah. At Idaho? Okay. It's promising. Yeah. Southern Utah in Missoula? Promising, right? At Northern Colorado, not so much. But Colorado's yeah. actually doing okay. Yeah, that's that's a actually that's, that's complete, kind of a coin flip, right? It's a complete side note here, but I saw this morning on Twitter, and this has nothing to do with what we're talking. Well, why about. would it? You know, why would we do besides, anything linear besides Northern Colorado? But um, I don't know the details whatsoever. But Northern Colorado's safeties coach passed away this morning. Ed McCaffrey was tweeting about it. So condolences to anybody at Northern Colorado. I thought that that was just worth mentioning because I was just shocked by that. His tweet made it sound like he was someone that had played with his sons at Stanford. So this means this guy's in his 20s. So incredibly sad. Anyways, uh, back to the Grizz schedule. Yeah, we'll try and find out more on that. It's very sad. Uh, At Northern Arizona, no way. Because right now, no? Northern Arizona is one of the most this, the region of Northern Arizona is one of the most infected places. I thought the, the per the, capita, the, the Navajo Reservation is one of the most infected places. But the governor of Arizona just said that Arizona is open for professional sports now. Like now, he said they're allowing it. Or she, yeah, he or she, I believe it's I, th- I believe it's a male governor in Arizona. But uh, in any case, so I I, I don't know. I, I especially what are we talking about? What what's the date on that? October? November fourteenth. Okay. Second so, to last game of the year. I mean, I think I think you're I would maintain some optimism about that football game, honestly. I think the two that are called into question the most are the Cal Poly and Sac State games, both of which are in Missoula, both of which are early in the conference schedule. And if you didn't have those teams, who could you replace it with? And the other thing is you can't just pick and choose. Oh, well, Montana doesn't play Idaho State, so they should just get the Bengals to come up. Well, guess what? The Bengals have a schedule too. You know, they might have a game that is on in that week. So, you know, who are you going to find to play could you find a team to play from the conference of available teams who might have also not been able to play a game that was scheduled? An Idaho State would make a lot of sense, it seems like, right? Like have have you know of uh, uh, them come through. The other team, you know, obviously that you think about is Weber, right? So those are the two teams that Montana is not playing this year that are in states slash areas where, again, you would like to think that maybe that that you know they'll be. They'll be going. They will have green uh, a green light for football, and potentially you could you could replace those. But I also think it would just be so very unlikely that the that the overlap would be such that all of a sudden on one of those Saturdays in you know in October uh, or even late September as it might be, Sac- you know when Sacramento State and Cal Poly were supposed to be in Missoula, that either. Idaho State or Weber State would be available. And then the other one would be on the other date. You know, maybe you could get one of those two on one of those days. And then maybe you just have an open date. Maybe you have a, you know, like you said, maybe you make a call to Dylan, right? And see see what's going on at Montana Western. And, and, and if you can work something out that way, it is 
I, I think that it's probably not great that both of those games were home dates. We know yeah. how big the gate is for the University of Montana. Right. And so if the, if the two, quote-unquote, most likely non-games were both home games for the Grizzlies, right. like what do you do? And that, that becomes a significant <laughs> concern. It's a compelling dynamic because Sac State is the defending Big Sky Conference champion. Right. Cal Poly has been... Probably the the thorn in the side of Montana more than any other team in the league. Well, Besides having Bo Baldwin, you know, Bo Baldwin right? is a draw, for sure. But on the other side of it, though, even though those two teams have great appeal to people that are informed, it's like we always talk about. You need the the fringe fan to come to the game, and the fringe fan, regardless of the quality of the opponent or the storyline or anything surrounding it, is going to Idaho State before they're going to Sac State. They just are. Yeah. But a lot of the times, where does it fall on the calendar, too? And the early season nature of those games, when it's still nice in Montana, too, that hurts you as well. Do you think that if, let, let's say that, that fans are just allowed to go, okay? Like, there there's no restriction on the numbers of, you know, that they can, you can sell out Washington Grizzly Stadium, you can sell out Bobcat Stadium. Do you think that this, uh, uh, you know, quarantine that we're coming out of, uh, hopefully, and will stay out of, will influence more people to go to games hmm. or less? Because the, the less is, obviously, there's still going to be a segment of people who, f- first of all, shouldn't go, you right. know, and then also a group of people that, that maybe is incredulous as to whether, you know, sure. the opening up should be happening. Well, but they, also there's people who've been so pent up, they're like, eh, right, yes, right, get right. me out. Let's go to the go, let's go to the game. Well, I mean, both broadly throughout this country as well as in state, there's a, a, a lot of people that go to live sporting events are older. There's way less 30-somethings than there is 60-somethings at Grizz Games. It's true, and a, a part of that is a financial, you know, a Part of it's financial, but and, also there's just, I mean... Not to be that guy, but like millennials and and younger, they'll just watch it on the phone. You know these these dang kids, Coulter. But you know what I'm saying. You know, like, what are we gonna do? There's just the there's so many people that are loyal fans that have been loyal fans for so long that it's part of their routine. It's their social life. It's everything, right? Whereas the younger you get, the more excuses you have to not go. Mm. But then that's going to be like the dichotomy of this whole situation, right? Because the guys that are 29 years old should be the ones that are buying the tickets to go. Whereas it might be not that safe for the guy who's been going to Grizz games and sitting on the 50-yard line since he was in his in college who's 74 years old. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's an, an interesting deal. It's, it's plenty. There's, there's a lot to cross. Like, students coming back is about 55 steps removed from fans attending a football game, you know, in terms of stuff that needs to happen in the progression. But that is certainly one thing, and it's a significant thing. And so, you know, it it, it continues to be this very slow but generally heading in the direction you want it to, the hopeful direction uh, of, of you know, yet another item on, on the agenda that probably needed to take place is taking place. So that's a good thing. It's 2 Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. The other thing worth noting is that Cal State and Sacramento State, or Cal Poly and Sacramento State are both in the Cal State system. Right. So it might be out of their control. That, right. might, that might just be cut. No, that, that's what we're saying because they're already not having – in-person classes this forthcoming right. fall. Quickly, Montana State's schedule is a little bit better. I also just got a text from a, a viewer slash listener who uh, familiar with college athletics that says that 
as of right now, it seems as if Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona are they are scheduling possibilities. They th- those schools are more in the clear. Yeah, I talked to a guy at NAU recently, a sports information guy, and he said that NAU is planning on having on campus classes, and it seems like Northern Colorado might be as well. Montana State's conference schedule at Portland State to open. Yeah, I don't know about that's, that. That's tough. Northern Colorado in Bozeman that seems pretty good. Cal Poly in Bozeman probably not. At Weber, that's a bus trip, so that makes it even better because you don't yeah. have to go through the airport and expose yourself to stuff. Yeah. Idaho State in Bozeman, that seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. At Eastern Washington, another bus trip, that's that seems promising. Idaho in Bozeman, good. Yeah. Montana in Missoula. So you're talking only Portland State and Cal Poly. So Montana State's schedule a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Montana State's got to figure out their opener, though. Yeah. Long Island University is not well, coming to Bozeman. Well, it sounds – yeah. It sounds like those, from a conference standpoint, there's two games for both schools that are, I'd say that, three. that are that are maybe well, not. I'd say f- I'd say four, the three California schools in Portland State. It's the West Coast. Well, but no, no, no. I'm saying two games that are scheduled for right, the Montana for schools. both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of them have Cal- two games yeah. that you go well, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. not, and the other ones we'll see. But you're right that the the conversation. Um, you know, about Long Island. And as Leon Costello, we talked to Long Island. We're like, well, what's going on over there? And they said, hey, we are still preparing as if we're we're going to Missoula. But it seems like that is a, a pretty long shot at this point. Or to Bozeman, excuse me. It seems like a long shot at this point. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, we may try and get into a little bit of the lineman talk, but also a couple new cancellations. You know, some of this stuff just happening uh, too soon, I guess, as it were, and, and, and some of the opening too late to allow uh, for some of these all-star games to take place. We'll tell you what they are right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. There's a lot of people who are concerned as to whether this event is still happening this summer. I, uh, These guys keep saying that it is. I don't know that I have, you know, that this is going to affect me all that much, I will say. It's to tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio. In an in related but far more important note, uh, Rage Against the Machine has been rescheduled to uh, June of 2021. So that's still good. Uh, we are happy to be with all of you. Hope you are well at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT on the Twitters. If you are looking for us, it is time for a pre- extra segment. It is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank now open. Uh, they are uh, taking uh, uh, care for both their customers and employees to ensure everybody's safety during this time. But their uh, lobbies are open for business, so you can go in there. And, of course, you can still go to FarmersEbank.com online or download the My Card app, and uh, you can turn your debit card on and off safely and securely through the My Card app from Farmers State Bank. Coulter, uh, let's start with the Badlands Bowl. The Badlands Bowl has been basically the annual 
Montana versus North Dakota all-star football game. This was to be the last one in the series. They weren't going to do it. There's a number of reasons why, but one of the reasons that seems pretty obvious to me is that Montana has pounded North Dakota into dust for the last however many times in a row, and it's like, well, why are we doing this? Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely part of it. And I there's also a push from a lot of... Does co- that make North Dakota State even more anomalous? No, because Fargo's not really in North Dakota. It's mostly in Minneapolis. <laughs> Not Minneapolis, but Minnesota. Yeah, but like yeah. the Fargo-Moorhead area spills into Minnesota. Into Minnesota, yes. Right, but, but then it's only a couple hours. I mean, Fargo is a lot closer to, first of all, Fargo-Moorhead uh, is a much larger metropolitan area than anywhere in Montana. I, I think it's like a, a quarter of a million Maybe people. even more than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's people, like a little bit smaller, little like smaller than Spokane, what it you is. know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's, big. Big. it's pretty big. And then it's only... A full. I mean, it's not even a three-hour drive to Minneapolis to the Twin Cities. Sure. And so you were. If you're talking about recruiting, but I mean, three-hour drive isn't actually spilling into Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah but you know what I'm saying. If, yeah. you, if you're recruiting your little six-hour radius, they're recruiting from actually a larger population pool than Montana. University of Montana is way oh, more isolated than that. Six six hours, you can get yeah. eleven deer and two people. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, North Dakota State is the run is certainly in impressive. any case the Badlands Bowl uh, has has been heavily weighted in Montana's favor. Uh, this was going to kind of be the last one. They say, okay. And and by the way, I think some of these all-star games are already going this way just in virtue of, of the the way sports have gone. I mean, how many how many college players are are foregoing their actual meaningful bowl games because they are, you know, taking caution and safety because they're about to get drafted at some point, you know, and they want to make sure that they preserve themselves physically in that respect. And we've seen some kids get hurt in games like these. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, you know, bad news heading into a college career. It's a, it's a, it's a lot easier to get hurt in these games because you haven't played football for six months. Right. Yeah. And a lot of guys, especially Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, they're coming out of other sports, so they're in good shape, but they're not in football playing shape. You've been working completely different muscles. Now all of a sudden you have weird, you know, muscular disproportionality. We saw Joe Olson, starred running back from Bozeman High, who had committed to the Cats. You know, he blew his knee in the Badlands Bowl two years ago, and he had to redshirt, and it set him back. Brock Spiegelberger, who was the Wyoming Gatorade Player of the Year two years ago, coming into Montana State, he busted up his knee. And he actually never even he didn't get because of that he didn't get invited to camp. He was going to be a preferred walk on. Doesn't get invited to camp. His recovery's a little slow, and then he entered the transfer portal because it was, he just never had a chance to even be seen because mm-hmm. it was just like right out the gate. So I think that both players and coaches have been pushing to to not have these because the the thing you'd never want is signing a guy in February, have him get hurt in July, and now all of a sudden you got damaged goods on your hands, even though. You did your due diligence recruiting, and the kid did his due diligence earning the offer. It's just it's a bad situation for everybody. That said, though, these all-star games are fun, and particularly the Shrine game is so important because it raises so much money right. for such a good cause. I mean, right. the Montana East-West Shrine game is among the three top fundraisers for the Shriners Hospital in the country, and it has been for a really long time, and that's very important. Losing that money would be really too bad. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of Legion baseball, or shall I say not Legion baseball. Uh, the Montana uh, American Legion baseball teams are going to play this summer. 
uh, but they are going to play and they're going to play independently will not be operating within the umbrella or under the name of Legion American Legion Baseball now American Legion Baseball canceled the the World Series and the regional tournaments the regional tournaments by the way bigger than the state tournaments okay you have your state tournament and then you know if you win that thing then you go to the regional tournament which is you know maybe a six state kind of deal before what then would be the World Series in I believe South Carolina uh, where they have that Legion Baseball canceled the, the the latter two the World Series and the regional series but kind of left it up or open to the state legions you know uh, uh leagues whether they were going to have baseball or not montana said yeah we are going to do that but i think that part of this is the legion the the entity that that oversees legion baseball uh okay whatever administrative body that is doesn't want to have liability of some sort just even in name only because legion baseball players were playing and games were being had and then you know something were to happen and so uh that's my my sense of what this is and so effectively montana and that includes by the way alberta uh uh and lethbridge or i guess lethbridge primarily uh are saying okay that's fine we're going to play it independently we won't call it legion baseball it's just going to be non-legion baseball or whatever it'll be that said if the canadian border isn't open by june 1st there will not be uh alberta teams you know specifically lethbridge in this in the state which normally there has been and so i think they they would just be kind of out of it all together and you'd be you know you'd have you'd have the the handful of teams four or five teams in the state of montana that would be then playing each other in what was already going to be just a state like the state would be the final thing that you would play in this season anyway and it would still it will still be that and i i think this is i think it's good to, to keep this role just because it is going to be good for people to have some sort of sports to follow and as we've talked about baseball is the sport where you can social distance the most easily the the most disappointing that so one thing to emphasize about the badlands bowl like you said next year was going to be the final year but now since they canceled it this year it basically accelerates the cancellation of the entire thing they will not redo this year's game next year it's over so this year's cancellation means that that the 26th and 27th annual games will not happen 25 years badlands bowl done the other thing that i i thought the most disappointing cancellation from from a uh, fan and, and analyst perspective was the cancellation of the Montana-Wyoming All-Star game because mm-hmm. that's a series where you have a bunch of round-robin type deals. Basketball, you can easily just go play pickup. You know, there's not a lot of installation and stuff like that. Sure. And so just watching like a, basically what is a glorified open gym where Raleigh Wooster and Famous Left Hand are battling each other, that sounds pretty darn good to me. Absolutely. And I think that would have been something where that could have been a great economic boon for the community of Billings and, and in Wyoming too because – you know, because they go back and forth from Billings to Sheridan, and I think more than I think, given the situation we've been through, I think they probably would have drawn better than ever for that game. Yeah. So that's a disappointing one too, considering the quality of basketball players no doubt. in the state. So cancellations continue; they don't really surprise me. But I'm glad that Montana was able to pivot and go outside of the American Legion jurisdiction, so that we can have at least some form of youth sports in Montana this summer. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. An update on uh, what I talked about last segment. Yeah, yeah. Zach Hoffpower is the young man who passed away. Not much information on what happened, but um, according to Northern Colorado's Twitter, Ed McCaffrey's Twitter, and Stanford's Twitter, he passed away last night. 
Um, Ed McCaffrey said, I'm devastated by the loss of Zach, a friend to me and my family since his playing days with Christian, who's Ed McCaffrey's son at Stanford. He was like a brother to our boys, and he recently found his calling as our safeties coach. My heart goes out to his family. So he was about to join Ed McCaffrey's staff, uh, 27 years old. Christian McCaffrey wrote on his Instagram uh, that Zach Hoffpar is is his best friend. So this is something that's going to hit that family pretty hard. And uh, 27 years old, <laughs> what a thing, man. What a bummer. What, what sad news. Um, yeah, very, very, again, if you weren't with us earlier, as Coulter just enumerated Zach Hoffpar passing away last night. He was the safeties coach at Northern Colorado, which is the import here. But even more than that, he was... Feel, seems like a grafted-in member of the McCaffrey family uh, at uh, at some level. So just just terrible news, and and we certainly are thinking of of UNC and the McCaffreys uh, within the context of of that tragedy. So we'll take a quick break, Coulter. On the other side, we'll come back. We'll do a little bit of baseball stuff. Uh, Blake Snell, uh, what having takes while you're playing video games is like you know it is trying to, it's kind of hard to do two things at once I, i'm not sure i'm not sure where he went with this but we'll get to that uh, right after this by the way this has been the prep extra segments brought to us by farmer state bank farmer state bank is open you can go in there they're taking precautions to ensure everybody's safety both uh, clients patrons and uh, and employees the like online farmers ebank.com as well your montana bank since 1907 we'll be back with some baseball right after this At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Players or owners, which side are you on? Do you have to take a side? I don't know. Major League Baseball hangs in the balance. It's 2 tell new on us, 102.9 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, great to be with you across the state, around western Montana, and around the earth. 102.9 ESPN.com. Shout out South Africa. Uh, Coulter... You drive the ship on this thing, okay? Because I talked about baseball at length the other day, and you brought up here, you know, Blake Snell, and a lot of people heard what Blake Snell said, and I think probably didn't react that well to it, but maybe some of them did. I don't know. So you you can kind of take this where you want to go because I do have some thoughts on this. We did a segment the other day, and we basically agreed baseball's got to figure out how to get on the same page. That's right to bring baseball back because they have an opportunity to really recapture the captivation of the American sporting public by being the the pro sport that has the longest duration of a start-to-finish season during these crazy times. They have a chance to really dominate television during the summer. They have a chance to do all these things and, and really um, turn baseball back into a national pastime, not just a regional pastime. Mm-hmm. We agreed that they needed to figure out a way to do it, and I think we both made comments where 
hey, if it means taking a pay cut for the players, do it. And if it means the owners doing whatever they have to do, they're going to take a revenue hit. Okay, but let's figure out a way to do it. But then after hearing Blake Snell talk about it, he was obviously, I mean, he's a pretty funny guy, pretty baseball-like guy he's given, in he, his delivery. He's yeah. pretty hard edge to it, yes. He's pretty edgy. Yeah. He's uh, not lacking for confidence whatsoever. No. But as he said, and this completely changed my opinion on this, the players' union has been standing up, not saying we want all our money necessarily, but we want some form of protection. We want to know that you care about us. We want to know that if somebody gets sick, that there's procedures in line. Because what happened this last week was the Players Association went to the owners and said, what happens if someone gets sick? What happens if we get an outbreak in the clubhouse? And the owner said flatly, we're going to keep playing. That's it. We're playing, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. That seems just so insensitive to me. Yeah, I mean, I I had not heard that until you said this, but I mean that I don't even I, I just can't also, conceive that that is real. There's you know also what I mean? just, right, but then you think about the way that these owners have operated for the last twenty to twenty five years, and it, it's it's not as if they're they're worse than the other owners and other pro sports because it is a commodity based business, and these guys are treated not like humans but like assets. But baseball owners particularly have been pretty loathsome in the way that they've operated well some some certainly yes and so i just uh I, it changed my opinion on it and then i started thinking about the the economic end i don't want to say political but like economic economic political leanings of this whole thing and i, I don't know man it, it's a very slippery slope what is just asking players to sacrifice money without really any reward besides then to demonetize them well Listen, first of all, the nature of ownership of any enterprise is that very thing. And I'm not saying anyone should ever be treated like a commodity, okay? I think that's a a, a horrendous approach, okay, if that's the case. But the only reason anybody has a job at any place is so that the thing or the entity or the individual that owns that place makes money. Like, that's why the place is open. Now, maybe there's some ancillary stuff of some, you know, some give back, some do goods, Tom's shoes, giving another another pair of shoes to, you know, the third world, whatever it might be. So there's those things. But the point is, is that players are employees. Now, if they're treated like commodities, there's a very real a part of that okay so i'm not saying that that doesn't happen it certainly does but they're they're employees and they're working on a team for an owner to make the owner money like that right, is the, right that is sort of the essence of all of this T- totally right? totally but the, re- the reason i talk about like the economics and the political side of this is that like it or hate it whatever unions used to be such a huge thing in america they haven't been as much lately but the labor unions that are the strongest unions in the country right now probably outside the auto industry are the major league baseball players union and the national basketball association players association. And when you're talking about standing up for your rights as someone that is part of a labor union, that's the take that Blake Snell was trying to make without directly making it. Yeah. I mean, and I guess I just, I, you feel the pull of that argument. I, 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 I I just, I feel the pull of, of siding with labor. And I think a lot of people are with that because, because of the chance if you side on the other side, it's already, you don't want to say exploitative because that sounds so silly when you're talking about the, the league minimum in major league baseball being more than $300,000. Right. But also 
it just becomes a slippery slope. And I just, I don't, I think that it's right for the players to want to stand up for their rights, particularly when it comes to if they're getting exposed and what's going to happen if they get sick. Now, see, th- what, everything you said right there, I totally agree with. I mean, we don't have to step outside of this state. We go back to the Anaconda Company and the mines to exactly, see exactly. the exploitation of human beings at the sake of their own health and well being for the almighty dollar. So, I'm with you on that. Here's where I part company with Blake Snell and what he said. First of all, he said, I don't, I'm not taking any pay cut. I want every dollar that I'm owed for the whole season. Well, first of all, the players union and baseball have already agreed to cut that that total in half because only half the games, if this goes through, are being played. Right. Like you can't I I don't think that it is your right to earn X amount of dollars in total when you're only doing half the work that you were that you were having, and it's not your fault you're doing it, but it's it's just not there. It doesn't exist anymore. But say say you're a wildland firefighter, sure, and you've been working on your Type Two engine, and you've been going around Montana, and you're you're spraying out little fires, and you know digging some hot spots, and you know it's slightly dangerous. It's hot, but mostly. You're all good, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get thrown into a, a deep draw fire, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of it, and you're surrounded by it, and you're digging the line. Even if the fire lasts half the amount of time, don't you think you should get paid more now because see, of hazard pay? Let me let me start. This is the second thing I wanted to say, and a hundred percent in your example. So if you're risky, yes. if you, I mean, if you're risking yourself by traveling, and again, I know they're on charters and things like that, but it, regardless of it, if it's this enormous risk or just a slight risk they are risking their health to a lot higher level here's but also their family as well but this is the this is the point that to me is in the biggest contention is there is there a greater health risk by going and playing professional baseball as a player than just staying in your apartment or your condo or your house for the you know in perpetuity right now yes okay there's no question but what is the extent to which that is it the difference between putting out a spot fire and being in a deep draw fire and you know you know 10,000 acres of of inferno or is it a slightly higher risk and one that many precautions are going to be taken or somewhere in between because to me i i don't think that there is I, I don't see like th- this thing you said about the owner saying, well, if there if there is a breakout and now you know a clubhouse becomes infected, we're going to keep playing. We don't care. I, I think that's insane, and I don't. There's no way to me that that's going to happen because at the end of the day, Rob Manfred holds the keys to the proverbial car, and so much pressure would be put on him to pull the plug that he would do it. He would have to do it, and that would be the end of it. So I I mean, that whole line right there i mean certainly i'm not with it and i also just don't believe that it would ever come about so the question is what is an acceptable amount of risk that is being taken and is there more risk for a baseball player playing professional baseball than there is for any other member of society at this point in time to go to the grocery store or go to you know you know the park or whatever the thing might be because it's not clear to me that there is there's certainly places where it's less less risky montana thankfully not New York City, unfortunately. But there are not activities as such, it seems to me, that are inherently more risky than they, than, than others outside of just staying at your home or, or, or whatever the case may be. So it's a very, I mean, it is a, an ambiguous situation. It's difficult to assess that. But I don't think that the, that all of a sudden, like, the risk to life and limb is, is so obvious yet. 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know, but but that's my perspective on it, particularly when it sounds like there is going to be testing, you know, for professional athletes, for players. They've, they've said that for the NBA. I don't know where we stand at Major League Baseball as of yet, but I think there is, uh, uh, and there have to be, like, very obvious safeguards in place. And, you know, look, if, pay, if players don't want to play because of their, you know, safety concerns, they are absolutely entitled to that, but... Uh, the other, the other thing is if there's no baseball, nobody's getting paid anything at all. Totally. A text from a listener, this is actually really key information. It's not necessarily about any of the stuff that we're talking about as much as it's, it's so cut and dry. And you mentioned this on the show a couple days ago. They signed a new deal. Major League Baseball, the owners and the Players Association signed a new deal in March. The only thing the players want is for that deal to be honored. That's right. They want the deal to be honored. They want the owners to not This is where I am absolutely in favor of the players, the players' union on this, because there is a deal in place, and now wanting to potentially further gap, you know, cap it against possible losses if the season was to end abruptly, you know, or something like that. That's where I think the owners are, are completely missing the boat on this thing but i think blake snell thinking he's going to get all seven million as opposed to three and a half million for only the ha- the 82 game schedule as opposed to 162 games is also crazy like that first of all it's, it's just not real because as you said it's already been signed that is fate accompli so that's that's where we are let's take a break hour one in the books hour two ahead We're going to play some blindside, but I'll give you a hint. I have a question for you on this topic, sort of. And I'll give you a hint. We're going to do the plan segment I had for number one that we burned all the way through. So you already know one of the two questions. (laughs) Hour two, right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.